the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, hello. It is Lori Schwartz, your tech cat here, and we are back broadcasting live on Voice America at the Insight Innovation Exchange Conference, which is one of the largest marketing insights conferences in town in very steamy Atlanta. Um, and having great conversations, really learning about the intricacies in uh, marketing research and insights and learning from lots of different folks who are innovating this space. And now we get to talk to the fabulous Debbie Balch, who is the president and CEO of Elevated Insights. And um, I'd love to hear you know, how you became president of this fantastic company and also mm-hmm. um, what, what you guys are doing in qualitative research because um, we've been learning about innovation all week. And um, so I'd love to hear your, your spin. Yeah, so Elevated Insights is a custom turnkey research firm, and we work with a variety of companies, um, primarily Fortune 100 companies, where we really partner with them and help them answer all kinds of different questions they have on their consumers. And we've been growing at a nice pace and recently expanded our office, and now in downtown Colorado Springs, which is beautiful, we've added a research facility. So oh, we're wow. kind of also bringing research into the town of Colorado Springs where they weren't, oh, neat. you know, they really weren't familiar with it on the local side. So right. it's kind of fun to have our national thing that we've done for a long time and then be infusing the local market with it. Oh, that's so, great. So Along yeah, with fun. some other cannabis activity throughout the state. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bringing the tourism up. But seriously, though, some of the research companies in Denver are kind of honing in on that market and doing some research in, in that area. Oh, that's so. great. That's absolutely great. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's actually my, my analog phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and um, in terms of uh, what you are doing here at the show, what are you talking about? Oh, we're talking about how res- corporate research companies and research suppliers should be more partners than being, um, you know, a, a customer or a vendor kind of relationship. So the more that you consider your research supplier to be your partner, how you can work together and really go the long haul as opposed to an order taker, which, you know, sometimes the corporate researcher might consider all of these different firms here, oh, somebody that can just fulfill a need. Right, right. So how how do you change that perception? What's the sort of way that you get them from not looking at you as a vendor? I think a lot of it is just um, the strategic thinking that you bring to the table. So you don't even just ask them what are your objectives for this research but more give me the overall business background you know what is going on what are you facing what are your challenges what are all the background documents that would be helpful for us to read so that we can truly understand the issue here and then what we're able to do is rather than just answer the you know five key objectives that they bring to us we can say have you considered this this and this and we can really take a more strategic approach and it also enables us um through the process to be flexible to what we're learning. You know, if, we, if maybe we start getting an insight that's a little bit different than what we initially set out to hear, right, but right. it still links in with their true end objectives, we can say, hey, we're hearing this and I think we need to shift this or maybe we should add another day and go a little bit deeper on this or perhaps add in this other hybrid, um, you know, a, a little quantitative offshoot, you know, to address this question here or there so that we so can really... So you have to really be really, really dynamic with, yeah. with how you approach this. And are clients used to that? Because I would imagine just even from a business perspective, when you're scoping your proposal, mm-hmm. you have to kind of leave spots in there for that this is going to change. Right. I think I think they're pleased to say we're not just um, rotely checking the boxes. You know, we're trying to approach every day of research as if it were the end client. You know, if this was, you know, my corporate partner 
and they were the ones hearing all of this, what would they want to know? And so that's that's something that we have to work hard to train our our moderators too. Is that it's not it's not just answering these questions. It's really thinking about the business matter at hand, and it makes it fun. It makes the um, the research um, recommended next steps, like what should you do with all of this, which is really what research is for. Right. right? right. How should you as a company, uh, act differently based right. on what you've just what, learned. How do I activate? It, do I, exactly. So I, I feel like there's this new thing happening where the insights and research and statisticians are being removed from that weird closet room in the back of the office that has the pole in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and you're being moved closer to the C-suite because mm-hmm. you are actually the future of their business in so many ways. And yes. so you're finally being recognized um, yes. for that. So w- you're building out this new research facility. What are some of the innovative things that you're doing since you're kind of starting from scratch? Um, I, th- I think um, if you go to some of the old school facilities, you know, they, they'll maybe have video cameras and they'll have, um, you know, their standard sized rooms. And I think we were trying to be from a physical space much more flexible. So we have a lot of our, our rooms are uh, have interior garage doors that we can raise, we can lower, we can make rooms bigger, smaller. That's one thing. More modular. Uh Mm -hmm. And then also we happen to be on the main, you know, on a a freestanding building, um, downtown Colorado Springs. So we thought, okay, there are a lot of vehicles, there's large equipment, there's maybe um, big bulky things that you want people to be able to interact with and stream this live across the country or across the globe. So we made an enormous slider window from the parking lot into the biggest focus group room so that we can physically pull in cars. Um, we've got uh, some people from Detroit. We have okay. Porsche coming. So, you ca- you know. so whatever the business category is, you can handle bringing that thing into the mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. And then we've had some just different co-creation type activities where we'll be able to really raise up all of the doors, make the space very large, and then bring in lots of round tables and have people working. So co-creation might be you have um, a six top tables, you know, maybe six to eight of them, and mm-hmm. you'll have four consumers, um, you know, a moderator, and then a couple of the maybe engineers or designers or the corporate clients who want to be really close to their consumer, right, right. but they might not want to uh, be compelled to lead that conversation or be trained to you know, elicit the insights. So really helpful for app developers, I think, to get that close with consumers and see kind of how things are being used or where people are getting hung up. So a lot of, so looking at UI and, and, and the experience. Mm-hmm. And are, are, uh, is technology a big role in building a new research center? I mean, because that's certainly a theme here and at an mm-hmm. innovation conference, the role that tech is playing in insights and research gathering. Where does it fit inside of what you guys are doing? It, it definitely fits. I think some of it is even the ability to do both. You know, it it used to be, oh, focus groups are going to die. You know, everything's going to go online. Why would you ever still go in person? And now it feels like the pendulum is swinging back a little bit. Interesting. Okay. Where clients want a little bit of both, you know, so they want, they want to be able to harness a lot of insights online and then go maybe a little bit deeper in person and then back to online and back to in person. And this can also be with, with a quant piece. Um, Some companies are addressing that need of of trying to reduce travel and make life more easy, if mm-hmm. you will, for researchers to have a more balanced life by creating discovery rooms and insight rooms in and on the campus. Mm-hmm. And so then you can still be doing live research, say in Colorado Springs and with our high def cameras, we can beam everything that's happening into their discovery room on their campus. I believe it was Eli Lilly who presented on that with Steve August of Focus Vision yesterday. Okay. So, you know, that's something 
definitely we didn't want to just have your standard cameras we have you know hd cameras we have you know at least the 4k in the in the room so that what we're presenting to the consumers if it's an ad test or whatever is is high caliber caliber. and and the ability to send it wherever it needs to go Mm -hmm. um so that you're really being very very modern uh, about this approach yeah so we had to wire everything as if the whole world was 4k already right right you know which i think is different than right. some facilities. I, I, I do lo- yeah. I do love uh, 4K. It's just some people's faces are scary. <laughs> <laughs> With all that True. resolution. True. Um, the, as a moderator, it's good because it's usually the back of your head. Right, <laughs> you know, right. It's everybody else's face. It's exactly. So that's and, and just in terms mm-hmm. of because in so many ways, because you're working with so many different clients and business categories, are there any, you know, insights that you've garnered over user behaviors or people or humans as we currently are living that you have found fascinating like anything in the last couple years where you're like wow look at this trend that I'm seeing across all these business categories um yeah I I believe you know one of the things that's interesting is um what's going to stick you know what's going to last and what's really going to make a difference you Mm -hmm. know like um we've done a lot of technology research so Mm -hmm. on the uh the explosion of apps, you know, we did um, ethnography maybe three or four years in a row on the use of apps and technology. And, you know, first there were just a few, you know, and then it was almost like this huge explosion of apps and people had so many. Yeah. And now, you know, then the next year that had really pared down and there were just a few that they were going deeper on and they were really trying to exert their own control over how much this was invading their life. You know, so some consumers maybe taking apps that they're trying to um, distance themselves from or, or, or free up time, they would put it three or four um, screens over or in a folder that says do this less or this kind of stuff. So I think just saying what is going to have legs, what's going to stick, what are people gonna, going to continue to use. And so much of the app testing we've been doing lately for our clients is almost behavioral ethnography. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's way beyond usability. So if usability is, you know, how easy is it to navigate an intuitive and did they do the mental modeling right, you know, to get into the space? This is more, does it change their behavior? You know, if, if, if they weren't using this and you tracked their behavior for a period of time, and now they start using this app or, or some sort of connectedness, you know, with the Internet of Things, how is their behavior changing and shifting so that three years down or three months down the road after using it, you know, and working through, you know, any issues that come up with the app development, you know, have they been able to achieve a certain goal or do something differently than they were before because this now is in their life. And I think that's fascinating. Uh, it is really fascinating. Yeah. I was just thinking you would be really fun to hang out with at a cocktail party just because <laughs> you know so much about behavior. Um, yeah. are, are most of your researchers, do they stay in the same business category because then they kind of become experts or does everyone kind of move around because it influences th- their research abilities if they've kind of, you know, have a lot of different inputs coming in? Um it's it's a little bit of both, you know. I think um, we do a lot in the in the mixology space and in mm-hmm. alcohol space. So if we can keep people in a category um, and have enough to keep them busy, uh, then we we will do that. So we try to have like a lot of the people who are dealing with financial, mm-hmm. um, insurance, those types of services together, and at the same time, w- where we're a little bit challenged is on our consulting side, we're within marketing research, when you have this partnership and, th- and they are now divulging more information to you, we agree to category exclusivity with our clients because right. what they're developing is so confidential. That you can't and have it spill. No, we yeah. don't even want even the slightest inclination of, of could there be anything going on? Is there anything right. you know, that's not, um, 
you know, that has the slightest bit of impropriety in any way, you know, because it's very sensitive what we're learning. So yeah. what we'll try to do is say, okay, within the cosmetics regime, for example, where maybe we partner with one that is um, one firm that has many, many brands of high-end cosmetics, one that maybe is still in the cosmetic space, but these are in drugstores or grocery stores. So they're, you, you know, a lot of the consumer behavior is similar and the motivations might be similar, but they're not directly competing against each other. So, so long as we have categories, enough categories where somebody can be a specialist without, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, where there's enough work, yeah. then, th then we, we do hone them that way. But, but at the same time, we don't want our researchers to get burned out. Part of what we do on the supplier side that's fun is a variety of work. And I think it keeps you fresh. Right. Because you'll and learn. It, and it makes your team interesting and interested mm -hmm. um, so that they, but then there is something nice about that expertise. Right. That so expertise. We, we do a blend of it. So that, where we can reapply, we do. But a lot of it in, in our work too, it comes down to a time frame. You know, so we need one thing that we can bring to the table that a corporate researcher can't is a corporate researcher probably has 10 to 15 different business issues they're trying to solve. Um, research projects at different stage in the, con you know, the continuum. Yep. And we're able to assign a manager to a project where really that's their focus. That's the one thing they're focusing on. So it's, it becomes kind of a, a complicated look of what projects coming up, what three month window are they going to need for this? Which of the managers is, has the most time to s slide into there right now who also has the right experience. Got it. So um, managing resources, yes. but, but with, this nice, <laughs> with this nice overlay. Yeah. So where can we find out more about Elevated Insights? Um, website is probably the best way, elevatedinsights.com. And you'll see, if you go to our website, there really are three different pieces. There's the consulting side, which is the vast majority of what we do. And then there's the local facility, which is kind of our new thing. And then the database, which is kind of for people who want to provide insights, you know, through the through the facility or online with projects there. And so are you tweeting or blogging or doing any kind of thing? I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I should be, you know, the, the uh, ladies who manage much of our social media don't happen to be here this week. Mm -hmm. So I should be sending them pictures, but I think I'm, I'm dropping the ball a little bit. On well, that, it's so hard you when know. you're like, you know, the executive running mm -hmm. it to actually do all the social media, which is why they're social media experts. But mm -hmm. our audience loves to follow folks and, and keep up with what you're doing. So it's so nice mm -hmm. to talk to you, Debbie Balch, who okay. is our president and CEO of Elevated Insights. And we are here at the Insight Innovation Exchange, broadcasting live on voiceamerica.com and hearing from folks like Debbie who are blowing it up and um, definitely getting to Colorado after I hit Denver and do some yes. little 411 stuff over there. I'll come, <laughs> do, do. <laughs> you know, come yeah. over and hang out with you guys in your, in your cool facility. Fun. Thank and you. Just people staring, I think would be good. <laughs> at that kind of cool research place. Anyway, yeah. thank you so much, thank Debbie. You. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll be back with some more thought leadership in a moment. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our show.